welcome to episode two of the Board Game Battles podcast. We take two board games with a common trait, discuss each, and see if we can declare a winner. I'm your host, Randall, and with me today, filling in on co-hosting duties, is Drew. Hello. Um, maybe I should just call this the Eric Lang podcast. Uh, reason for that is episode <laughs> one, we talked about Blood Rage versus uh, Champions of Midgard, and then today, we just happen to be talking about two games that he's involved in, Couriers and Dice Masters. The, so the common trait this week is dice drafting. Um, as usual, we're going to be uh, talking about these in uh, chronological order. So we'll talk about Quarriers first. And then afterwards, we'll do a little uh, Imperial Assault discussion. Uh, there's a few things that came out in the news not too long ago that we'll discuss. And then that'll be it. Anyways, uh, let's start with Quarriers. Uh, it's been a while since I had played this game. I um, I used to own it, but then it wasn't seeing a lot of table time, so I got rid of it. And um, Drew hadn't you hadn't played this no, before? No, I, I had never played this before. Yeah, and uh, it's a it's interesting game. Um, is like I think one of the first um, dice drafting games out there. There were other dice games out, but the first time you had to actually draft dice. Uh, just a few things about it. It was released in 2011. Uh, he co-designed it with uh, Mike Elliott. You know, we already know Eric Lang's you know nice uh, career so far of excellent games he's designed. Uh, Mike's been around quite a long time too, and if you look through his stats, you'll see some definite notable entries. Uh, he's involved in Thunderstone, which was um, a really popular game. Um, what else? Star Trek Fleet Captains was also big. I'm trying to think what else he was involved in. He's involved in quite a bit. Axes and Allies, a few different Axes yeah, and think, Allies copies, or not copies, but expand um, different versions, I guess you could say. Yeah, I think those are probably going to be the most notable. Yeah. Axis and Allies has been around forever and a day. Yeah, exactly. And um, and then when you go through his catalog, of course, you're going to see a lot of uh, Dice Masters, a lot of Couriers, and even a lot of Thunderstone, because there was quite a few uh, uh, expansions for that one. Um, so, you know, both... Designers have good pedigrees and have come up with quite a few games. When you look at Quarriers, it gives you some more info, like on artists, um, the publishers. Generally, you see a bunch of publishers for Quarriers, uh, but the big one is WizKids, because in North America, they're the ones who do all this dice, uh, all the dice for these games, or who produce and distribute these games. And then there's a few other publishers, mostly, I'm sure, for other markets. Um, mechanisms. That are listed on Board Game Geek are card drafting, uh, deck and pool drafting, and dice rolling. Pretty basic. Uh, BGG rating of 6.8, called from 11,000 ratings. So you know it's been around a while, and people, a lot of people, have played it and have honed in on it. Yeah, I think anytime you're getting into any rating close to around seven, um, it, it's probably one that's seen a lot of action. Right. BGG. Exactly. And uh, this is yeah, this one's definitely part of the course. Um, so it's an interesting game. Um, I guess last time we were talking about the games first, and then we would talk about the rules after the games. So I'm, I think I'm going to break it a little bit this time and go the opposite direction. Well, first we'll talk about the rule book of each game as we uh, go through them, and then we'll get into more of the mechanics and uh, the playthrough of the games. Quarriers. Uh, um, we were playing the first edition of Couriers, so that's the one that came in the collector tin. Yeah. Um, again, because I got rid of my copy, we had to go and play it at uh, one of the local board game cafes, and so we went back to the Gamers Lodge, and they had that one on the shelf. We So 
that one is the first edition and there's a second edition out now uh, we look through the rules to see if there's any notable changes that would you know affect things compared to how we played it and not really there's um they add a couple they have like an extra little uh, staging area on a used dice area as opposed to moving everything into uh, dice spent before before the used right dice spent that's it yeah so you get the dice spent area as you use them they go into the dice spent and then at the end of your turn everything goes into the used um, it seems more for if you have to cycle dice back into your bag you're not grabbing dice that you were just used yeah 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 either that or I, I think there is a, a a couple cards out there that would allow you to bring things back from your used right um, and and that would prevent you from Essentially, recycling something that had just been just been scored, or exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they add that little area, so it's like an extra little zone added into there. And other than that, um, what was the other thing that was added? It was the combination of the um, uh, drawing and and it for for lack of a better word, fielding. Mm. So you know, I th- I think just generically, that's not the right word I want to use. <laughs> We, we just you just naturally do this. Well, the the, the idea is that um, you, you know you're you're drawing your your dice, you're rolling them, and you're um, you know in in sort of one fluid motion, you're um, you know paying your quiddity cost and and you know fielding your characters, and you know instead of doing that sort of in, in stages, it just you oh, know, you're drawing stuff out, right. and fielding and paying your costs and. And you know, moving your spent dice mm-hmm. to your spent pile. Whereas before, you would take your dice, roll them, get the dice how you want them. If you had any re rolls and everything, then you would look at paying liquidity to move your yeah. your creatures or your whatever up to the active area. So yeah, now they're made it a bit more. As you get a creature, so I'm going to do this now and then yeah. draw more dice and roll them and all that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. So those are the two major changes they made. Um, they don't affect the game a whole lot compared to how we played it so I don't, I don't think we really lost anything in the playthrough no and like, like I said I, I think people are, are playing it that way anyway and I think that's probably largely why they made that that rule change is just to um, you know let everybody off the hook for doing that anyway yeah cleaning things up yeah that's how I like to think about it so yeah that's um the, beyond that that's though actually, difference. I, I think one of the one of the big things uh, big differences between that first set and uh um, the you know version 2.0 was they also provided some um, you know in in the rule book at the end some some nice uh, good colored graphic uh, play mats that you can um, photocopy and you know potentially laminate or mount on something that kind of thing right uh, instead of, of sort of just trying to imagine spaces on the table yeah it gives you the the little flow through yeah. um, area that um, they um, sort of cemented when they came out with uh, Dice Masters. So you can see that one's affecting the other. So I, I'm, I'm yeah. sure, I'm not sure when, uh, I think it's 2012 or no, 2014 is when second edition came out. So yeah, I think that's right. So that might have been right around the same time they were coming out with uh, Dice Masters because I believe Dice Masters was 2014. No, it was 2015. So it was probably when they were developing Dice Masters, they probably also co developed. Warrior Second Edition, maybe around the same time, and just integrated some of these same um, little little touches back into Quarriers. Um, that's you know, my thoughts on it. Yeah. Anyways, 
So yeah, but the the Courier's rule book though, um, even going from the first edition going to the second edition, is a fairly nicely laid out rule book, easy to read, um, nice little graphics in it. Um, it's fairly simple. It's not hard to learn the game from it. No, you know, I I think it may, uh, you know, your initial read through it might be a little bit odd, but yeah, when, once you once you kind of play through it, I mean, it, it makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it. Um, but all in all, for the for the type of game it is, and um, the size of the rulebook in the first edition, I'm sure it's a little bit bigger in the second edition. It um, it is absolutely bigger. It's absolutely bigger. There you go. Yeah. It uh, it's that's a good rulebook. It's yeah. it's a decent rulebook. Um, so going from the rulebook now onto how the game plays, um, basically, if you haven't played this before, you're going to have uh, you set up your little uh, play area with uh, a set of cards, a bunch of cards will go on the middle, middle of the table and this game plays up to, up to four players so you could be like uh, two people sitting across from each other or four people around a table you start out with three basic cards or like basic um, uh, cards which are like your quiddity card, your assistant card and um, the portal card portal. Um, each of these will have some dice on them um, Actually, the quiddity card starts with no dice. It starts with no dice. That's, that's, right. a, that's sort of a dumping ground for dice later on. Um, but you have the three cards with um, assistant and portal will have some dice on it. Then underneath that, you'll have a row for spells. And there's a number of spells that come with the game. And you're going to randomize them and deal out three spells. And those will have dice, uh, five dice on each card that match that spell. And then below that, you're going to have seven monster creature cards that'll get uh, shuffled up and dealt out. And as you're dealing out cards, if you come up with any duplicates, that duplicate goes back in and you deal out a new card until you have seven unique creatures. And again, each one will have five dice on it. And these are all dice that you'll be able to draft during the game. You'll be able to spend quiddity, is what the... uh, the points are that you'll be spending to um, add additional dice from this field. And they call it um, capturing in the capturing from the wilds into back into your dice bag. And then each player starts with uh, a set number of dice, and it's uh, twelve dice. Eight of those are quiddity dice, which are just plain white dice. They have um, six sides. I think half the sides are labeled with the number one, and the other half are labeled with number two. I think that's the I think uh, that's correct. Distribute. No, I'm wrong. No, no. It's five yeah, ones right. and one two. That's right. So getting that two is a little bit harder to get. And then you also have four assistant dice in your bag. And the assistant dice have a couple, which are, I guess you're like your assistants, which are like little characters that you can field. They're like little, they look like pawns, um, like from chess. They have like a like a one attack, one defense, and a zero cost. Yeah, a zero cost to field, I guess is. Yeah, to to make them make active. Yeah, yeah, and then on the other sides, there's a few other um, symbols. There's a liquidity there's, symbol. Yeah, there's a symbol for uh, re-roll. There's a re-roll symbol. It allows you to re-roll that die and one other die. That's right, and uh, I think that might be it. You have those. And then some, yeah, and then liquidity, and I think that's all it's on those dice. So you start with uh, 12 dice in your bag, and each round you take six dice out of your bag, roll them, and then based on the results, you're going to field characters out of it, 
or you're going to buy well you're going to field characters out of it and then with leftover quiddity after you're done moving up your creatures you uh, you can buy one die from the field a spell a creature or like another assistant is possible to be purchased or the portal yeah. yeah and what the portal can do for you um, all creatures are fairly similar they'll typically have um, three die three die phases which are quiddity and then three die phases which are stat um, creature stats and they'll be like level one level two and level three versions of that creature um, each card creature card will have potentially some text on it with special abilities for that creature um, then sometimes there'll be burst abilities a burst will be like um, a star or two stars on the card and the dice for the creature will have corresponding one or two stars that can come up and if you roll if you roll that version of the creature that has the two stars you'll get the ability that has the two stars on the card for that round or while that creature is in play and then the three spells that are available are, are similar they typically will again have three faces that'll have uh, quiddity on them and three faces that'll have the spell ability depending on the spell um, and then yeah the text on the card will tell you how the spell works yeah, and actually the spells may have burst as well. Yeah, the, the spells can have burst as well, yeah. How the portal works, we didn't really talk about that. It has a number of different faces on it. Um, a lot of the faces are sort of, um, they look like swirls. And, and then the spiral. Swirl, a spiral, yeah. And then the spiral will have a one or a two in the center of it. And what that means is if you roll the one, you get to go into your bag, pull out a die, and roll it and add it to your existing dice. If it's a two, you get two dice. And that's essentially uh, what the portal does. Um, and then the assistant is just more of the assistant dice that you can get. They're kind of a, you know, a low-level die. And then through this game, you're going to be on your turn. You'll take your dice, roll them, make your decisions, field your characters. If you have characters fielded, you have to attack with them. Now, you only have to attack if there's something to attack. There's no direct player attack in this game. It's all attacking other creatures that are on the field. Um, and so in a four-player game, you'll, you could be potentially attacking every single player as long as you have enough attack. And how that works is for every creature you have up on in your active field, you take all your creatures and add their strength together. So if you have like a four, a five, and a say an assistant of a one, you'll have a total of ten strength. And then you go to the first player on your, uh, I believe it's, you go clockwise, so on your left, you attack the first creature of that player so the and the players get to decide who defends but somebody has to defend so if they have multiple creatures they'll say okay this die is going to defend against that 10 strength if that creature dies the tent your 10 strength is reduced by the appropriate number of defense you'll go on to the next player and he will choose a die to defend and so on until all your strength is used up or there's no one left to attack um, there's no damage dealt back so your creatures don't get damaged during these attacks it's only when you're on the defense. Once you're done attacking, your creatures are still active. They still stay there. And then any quiddity that you haven't spent in fielding your creatures will be spent to buy additional creatures or spells. And then you clean up. So any used dice that you're, uh, you're done with will go into your used section. And then that's it. And then it goes to the next person who will do the same thing. And then you'll end up defending against them. If it comes back around to your turn again and you still have creatures in play in front of you, they will score. And scoring means you look at that creature's card, and on each card, um, there's two different numbers at the top. 
The first number on the left is the cost of the card, and that's how much quiddity it costs to get that dice into your bag. The second number is the glory, and that's how you're going to score points. So each time a creature is still alive, when it comes back around to your turn, you'll score glory equal to that creature's glory value. There's a little um, scorecard that sits in the middle of the, uh, of the table, and it's just a track. It goes up to uh, 20 points, and that's for a two-player game. If you're playing with more players, you have to score less points. And I think in the four-player game, you have to get up to 12 points, and then three players somewhere in between. I think it might be 15, or it might be a little bit more than that, it might be 17. But either way, uh, depending on the number of players, you're going to be trying to score glory until somebody hits the total for that game. And um, that's essentially it. Each There is another mechanism where you can start thinning dice out of your bag. So you end up with a lot of dice that don't do a lot, and it can be a problem. Uh, we ran into this a few times, but yep. we weren't doing this where you can call dice out of your bag. So every time a creature scores, you can take a die out of your bag and put it back onto the into the wilds. And then that, this is how the, um, the the quiddity card, which has nothing on it in the beginning, can get dice added onto it. Because you're generally going to start removing those quiddity ones. Because other than the one two side, you know it's all one quiddity, and most of the creatures will give you one or two quiddity as well. So it, there's always ways to get quiddity, so getting rid of those quiddity dice isn't a bad idea, especially in the longer game. Yeah, it's either that or the assistants. Um, yeah, they're fairly yeah, weak. So I, I think in the last game that we played, I was I was accumulating quite a few, um, you know, of the of the bigger powered creatures. But every time I went into the bag, I was pulling out the you know the quiddity and the the assistant dice, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, they really get uh, they get kind of frustrating, especially when you're getting you know things are getting closer to the end and you're like okay i really need a creature to come out to defend or to attack and you get more less lower end dice and you can't do anything with them yeah yeah so we yeah we didn't use that the the culling at all no and if we'd been more on the ball we would have definitely yeah actually um one of the advanced sort of rules for in the original um set there's sort of a to, to make the game a little bit tougher for for everybody if you if you really think you're kind of a you know, uh, expert courier. The the culling happens in that you can only cull creatures that have just scored. Mm. So, you know, if if you have a lot of big um, big powered dice in your bag and they score, those are the only ones you're allowed to, to cull. Oh, so um, it gets a nice vicious turnover of the dice in your bag. Yeah, so. or or you'd get rid of a lot of assistance quickly because if you can yeah. keep those assistants around with the bigger creatures. Then you, you know you might be scoring less points with them, but then it gives you the opportunity to get rid of them, so you, you don't yeah. have to worry about them in the future. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the game, and it, it's a good game actually. Um, we enjoyed it. It plays really well as a two-player game. I, I think it might go a little long in a four-player game. Um, you're scoring less points, but there's so much. There's going to be so much more attacking of other creatures that your creatures may not last as long and. It's going to be a lot harder to score points in a multiplayer game, I think. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to say. I, you know, one one of the criticisms I, I think I've seen of of couriers, and um, it it may be a similar criticism with with dice masters, is how fast it it goes. Mm. But um, you know, I, I think if you if you understand that going in, I, I think that can kind of be an advantage if you want to, um, like especially in couriers because you're using. Um, you know, sort of like a 
a, a set deck. You know, they're, they're unless you buy the expansions, you, you know, you've got this set number of, of creatures that you can rotate through, um, and everybody's playing the same set of of creatures. You know, ha having short games allows you to rotate through the cards and see a little bit more variation when you're playing. Right. Yeah, that's true. And um, I, you know, I like I don't mind shorter games. It's, you know, yeah. we get a lot of these games that we play, and they take two or three hours. Sometimes it's nice to get a, a good thirty minute, you know, forty five minute game in, and you know, just just call it there, right? Yeah. And or get a couple of them in because you know, play it once, play it twice, and then then move on to something else as as you're waiting for other people, maybe. Yeah, and, and I think something like this, I when, once you, uh, you know, you have all the rules memorized for couriers, and uh, you know you've you've played it enough that you don't really need to to look anything up or think about it too much. Uh, I, th I think you can probably cycle through a few games pretty pretty quick. I'd, I'd be surprised if you know games last any longer than fifteen minutes once you get once you really get the hang of this. Yeah, yeah, fifteen minutes is a bit bit short, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, on the box, they say 30 minutes, and I think our because we were learning at the same time because it's mm -hmm. been a while since I played and you hadn't played. Um, we spent maybe an hour, um, and that's again learning the game. So that's why it would take a bit longer for us um, is actually finding the game too because it's yeah. <laughs> looking around the bird game place. Okay, where the, where's Quarriers? We can't find it. We eventually found it on a shelf off to the side, but you know that's that's neither here nor there. It's just. Um, sometimes when you're looking for something specific and you only have a set amount of time, it's like... And sadly, the guy who was working it. there had never even heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it is an older game, and it um, it definitely it may not be on everybody's uh, mind right away. Because yeah. I remember when it first came out, um, not maybe not first came out, but it was pretty close after it first came out. Um, we were, uh, my wife and I, uh, Nick, we were at something called the great board game blitz and it was a uh it was like this sort of board game event that was sort of traveling across canada at the time and it was at the old location of uh, mission fun and games we uh we went in for this board game blitz everybody um sort of gets assigned to different games um and depending on how well you do in the game will depend on what, where you go to what table the next game kind of thing mm -hmm. and couriers was there and there's a lot of people who were really like excited to play couriers uh, so it was fairly fairly new at the time um but you know it doesn't seem to you know, while the excitement might have died, died down since then the game itself you know, they keep release they keep releasing quite a bit for it there's yeah. quite a few expansions that came out since then yeah i i think people love dice yeah period yeah um and and you know, get, getting couriers—it's—it's it's the same attraction that that Dice Masters has. You know, people just love having fistfuls of dice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and that's—I guess—the only one real complaint about this game is, yeah, while there's a lot of yeah. a lot of dice out there, they're not always the nicest quality. Yeah, I, I think I—I I don't really know what WizKids sort of thought thinking is on this or their strategy or whether they care at all. I've, I've noticed with the, with the couriers that, that uh, I've purchased and uh, the Dice Masters, there is a very consistent issue with uh, quality control. Um, yeah. The size, the size of the dies tends to, tends to differ. Um, certainly the, you know, the, the printing of, you know, whatever design it is on the die. Um, Doesn't always yeah. come out the clearest. Yeah. Or, yeah. or at all. 
Yeah. In some cases, the you know the the fielding cost is just non-existent. You you know, and you kind of have to in, interpret it based on, you know, I, I have a, another die of that same type, and this is you know what it's supposed to say. But yeah. And in comparison, um, the game that came out last year, Roll for the Galaxy, which again, a lot of dice, lots, lot of symbols, but beautiful uh, dice, beautiful dice. Yeah, they're just um, easy to read. They're uh, and they're not much. Yeah. I don't think they're any bigger. They might be very similar in size. Um, actually, I'll be honest. I, I think they might be smaller. You think they're but, smaller? Um, okay. Yeah. The the I, I don't know exactly what what manufacturing technique they use. Whether those those dice are silk screened or, or you know what how they're printed, but the the symbols on them are crystal clear. Um, the the consistency of size and shape and balance of those dice is is fantastic. That's yeah. I, I think that's really my my only complaint. Be you know with with uh, the manufacturing that WizKids has decided to go for go with for their their dice. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Because uh, WizKids, you know, they do a lot of um, big IP games, and yeah, um, even even in um, HeroClix, you know, which is another, one of their really big IPs. You know, it uh, it was a it's a fun little game, but. You're not getting it for the the high quality sculpts or miniatures. Yeah, you're you're doing it for the uh, the IP and the game itself. Yeah, so yeah, that's 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 essentially it. And then yeah, and it sort of follows through again on uh, Dice Masters, which we'll move on to now since I don't think there's much more to say about Couriers. <laughs> well, we we can do a little bit more comparison once we get into to talking about Dice Masters. I, I yeah. think there is some some interesting. Um, things to talk about once, yeah. You know, once we get the, all these all these pesky rules out of the way, all the rules and how you play these games yeah. out of the way. I know. Um, sure, okay, life would so. be life be so much more interesting if you didn't have to sweat learning how to play. Yeah, oh, I know. That's why a lot of these <laughs> videos that are out there are so helpful. Yeah, um, you know, take a lot of the reading out of it because sometimes you try to go through some of these rule books and they uh, they don't make it easy. No, <laughs> they don't always no, make they it don't. easy. Um, so yeah, next we'll talk about Dice Masters. Now, for this uh, review, we specifically did the D and D Dice Masters Battle for Farron or Faroon. I'm not sure how you really pronounce that. It, it was the second um, set, I believe, that came out because I believe the first was Marvel Dice Masters. Because I don't think DC came out to after that. Yeah, didn't I'm, I'm trying to remember if if um, I, I think they may have even got out both Marvel sets before before D and D. Potentially, it might have been yeah. the the. Um, the X-Men Uncanny set. X-Men and then the X-Men versus Avengers. Okay. So yeah. they they might have got those both out before before the, the D&D, D&D set, set came along. It was I guess you could say it was the second IP then that uh, uh-huh. that came out, you know, out of the uh, of the Dice Masters line. And I thought it was a bit more appropriate since we were doing Couriers as our first game, doing the uh the D&D one as our second, um kept it with the fantasy theme. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a l- little bit of more comparison there. Maybe not a lot because the games are quite different but enough uh D dice masters came out in two fi- 2015 um i'm not sure when the uh, marvel one came out it might have actually come out pretty close to the second edition of couriers so closer to 2014 maybe same designers again um only publisher on this one was WizKid, so no additional publishers uh again same kind of uh, very similar mechanisms deck pool building dice rolling variable player powers and that'll come in with the uh the creatures and that you bring into the game um and it's bgg rating is uh 7.5 for 
from 1,000 ratings, a lot lower number of ratings, but you got to consider there's so many different versions of Dice Masters, each one's going to have a different number of you know, votes as opposed yeah. to couriers, everyone's voting for couriers. Here, you know, I'm into D&D, I'm into Marvel, I'm into DC, so there's going to be a lot of split up on the vote, I think. Yeah, it gets, it gets smeared around quite a bit Yeah, with the different IPs. And since the games are very similar across the board, since they are totally compatible with each other, you could you could probably almost like do an aggregate of all the different uh, games and, and see what you come up with for a rating. But just for uh, the D&D one, we're looking at 7.5. Now, the way Dice Masters is quite a bit different. Again, you have your standard kind of playing area. Uh, right away in the rule book, they sort of show you what the play area, how it should be laid out, and how the game should flow. And the, and the diagram is actually really helpful for that because it gives you a, a strict, um, you know, here's where your dice are when you roll them. Here's where your dice are when they're ready to be used. You got your, your active area. You got your attack area. If a dice gets... KO'd if it's a creature, it goes to a certain area. Uh, once the dice is used, it goes to another area, and then eventually back into your bag. Um, if you look at in the uh, in the rule book, I think right in the center of the rule book is, is sort of a nice little diagram of what the play mat and area and how the flow works. Um, but other than that, when you look at the rule book, it's not my favorite rule book. <laughs> no, I think you need to. Well, especially the ones that I, I don't know if there's a, a different rule book anywhere else. I think there's probably a, a nice PDF version on WizKids website, but the one yeah. that comes with the sets, um, I don't know. Maybe maybe the young kids these days are, <laughs> have great eyesight. Uh, for us older people, you need an electron microscope to read those things. Yeah, and I understand. You know, they're releasing these starter sets, and uh, you know, they come with so many cards and so many yeah. dice. And they have to be able to squeeze the rules in there. So I, I can kind of mm. get that, you know, they're making, they're, they're trying to save space. Yeah, I understand their motivation for it. It doesn't but make it easier no, for it doesn't us make old it people. Easier. <laughs> no, and, but it doesn't really excuse the poor design of the rule book either because they sort of, in one way, you know, they're taking you in right straight into a, a trial game where it's a little bit more mm -hmm. of a pared down game. They're, they're telling you how to set up for, you know, less cards on the table um, and and taking you through you know how to play the game, which is isn't a bad thing. It's 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 nice that you know they're giving you that instruction and taking you through the game. But when you're looking for the more meatier rules, okay, like if I have a rules question, quite often it's not really answered in the manual. Mm -hmm. um, even when you go past um, the starting rules that are in there and into the next little area of the book where it's supposed to be a bit more of the advanced stuff. The advanced stuff, yeah, it might tell you, okay, put this many cards out and put this, you know, and set up like this, but it doesn't give you a lot of detail. No. And and which is kind of unfortunate. Yeah, and I think it's a limitation, too, of, uh, you know, printed rule books. Um, you know, when, once it's in your box, there's there's really no changing it. Yeah. Um, so unless you're you're visiting the the designer's website and looking for errata, yeah, it's it's really it's really hard. I, I think we we looked for a couple things in the lexicon at the very back and and didn't find it at all. Yeah, we even looked online so. and saying, okay, well, look on the very you know page twenty four, and you look at this thing, and the very last page is page twenty four. We could have said look on the back. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> just say look in there, and that's where the lexicon is, and it'll describe this to you. So we look at my copy of the rules. Look in the very back, and it does not describe this. So it's obviously a second edition of the rule book that I didn't yeah. have. So you know, it, obviously they, they 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 knew there were there were shortcomings, and they they worked on fixing those for later editions, which is fine. That's the standard. And 
and then you really have to uh, look for the frequently asked questions, the FAQ, yeah. because um, it, it, there's a lot of questions that come up that, okay, what is this and how does it relate? Are, are these two terms interchangeable, like monsters and characters? Are, is, a, is a monster a character? Is a character a monster? Um, and yes, they are interchangeable, but there's no doesn't really clearly say that anywhere in the rules, so you mm -hmm. have to go online to find these things. Yeah, I think the I think the question that we ran into that that was nowhere in there was uh, was whether or not an NPC counted as a as a, a character. character. Yeah, because the die itself doesn't count as a character dice, but when the NPC um, with the stats is on the field, it does count as a character. Yeah. And then there was a couple different cards that we had out, and I think yeah, this was just from the um, the starting little scenario that they give you. Um, uh, you have the magic missile card out, and then I had a creature out called a carrion crawler. They both had a a boost ability. Actually, this is from our second playthrough. They had both have a a boost a global boost ability that anybody can use that can damage um, a character. But one was specific to an NPC, and the other one was specific to a character. And so we knew that the NPC one can only affect NPC dice but we weren't quite sure if a character one could affect an NPC dice. That's right. Uh, I believe in the end we figured out it could. Yes. But it just wasn't clear, and so you really had to go looking for this. So, yeah, those are the shortcomings of the rule book. So not the best rule book, not, definitely not as nice as the Courier's rule book, but um, it does serve the purpose, and it gets you the basic information you need. Uh, you just have to hunt a little bit more. And for a game like this where it's a collectible game, I can kind of see it because... Just like uh, games like Magic the Gathering or other collectible card games, they will tend to come with a, a rule book that gets amended a lot just because of the way the game gets played. Things will come up that the designers don't always anticipate, and though you have to make corrections on the fly. So yeah, that I can I can I can kind of understand it, but it could it just would be nicer if it was a little bit better laid out. Yeah, I think you're right. In, in this day and age, I, I think especially with a CCG, you know, there's there's going to be a lot of new and interesting powers that come out for the cards, and so there's going to be a lot of reliance on you know the the, or the the designer's website or you know other online resources where you know the the question about how does this how does this power affect this thing, you know, work. Um, there's a lot of reliance on that, but yeah, I, I'm I'm never sure whether or not to forgive them for you know poor rule books. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I guess if they get the 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 absolute basics correct, then you know for the most part I let them off. It's it's when they make mistakes with, you know, or or they're not so clear with the absolute basics of the game that, you know, yeah, they don't get a pass. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's the yeah, that's the nitty gritty on the rule book. Um, now going on to the gameplay, there now you'll start seeing a lot of big differences. We talked about the the play area and how it differs. Um, you have quite a few more zones in your area, whereas in uh, Couriers you had maybe, um, you started out with three and then they expanded it to a fourth zone. Yep. In uh, Dice Masters you have um, both, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six, really. Yeah, yeah. six zones. <laughs> um, but luckily it, it, it all fairly, it flows fairly nicely. And um, if you're into the, uh, the collectible thing, um, all these versions of Dice Masters, you can find um, play mats out there. Mm -hmm. It's a big thing um, for these uh, tournament, especially for tournament play. People like to have these play mats, which will help you keep track of your score or your life, I should say, not score. It'll um, have places for you to put your cards and for your dice and everything. Now, how the t 
differs is, again, you'll start with a basic uh, set of dice. You draw less dice, so you start with less dice. I believe we start with eight um, generic dice. Yeah, there, there, was a, there, was enough to, there was enough to draw uh, essentially twice. Yeah, you're drawing four dice and then in, in the first round, four in the second, and that, that should empty your, empty your dice bag of your starting, starting allotment of, of dice. Right, exactly, and then again, um, like with uh, Quarriers, where you're spending quiddity here, you're spending energy. Now, the basic dice you start with are all the same. There's no two different types of dice. It's just one set of dice. You get eight white dice. Um, on the dice are uh, obviously six different symbols. Um, there's one, uh, what they call the NPC symbol, which is your basic character. Again, looks like a chess piece. Uh, zero cost, one attack, one defense. Then it has uh, four different um, symbols for um, the type of energy, I guess, you get, or power. Uh, there's a fist symbol, um, a lightning bolt, a shield, a rogue kind of mask, and then a question mark. And the question mark is supposed to be like a universal symbol. It can yeah. be used for any type of energy. And so those are the dice you're going to start with. You also start in the middle of the field um, with some generic uh, basic um, actions or spells that everybody has access to to buy from. Um, in the basic you know, setup game, there was three. In a standard game, there's going to be four. In a standard game, how it kind of works is each player brings to the table uh, two basic cards that are going to go up to the top. And um, depending on the type of game you're playing, you're probably going to be bringing six to eight um, additional cards that will be for your only for your play area because in this game you're going to be drafting dice but you're only really drafting except for the, the basic ones up top you're only drafting from your own set of cards no one else can drop from those cards so as you're spending your energy you're going to be looking at what, you, what you've brought and taking those dice, buying them and putting them into your bag or into your used area to go into your bag Yeah, and I think this is really where the, the deck building component of, of uh, Dice Masters comes in. So mm -hmm. people that are very familiar with uh, Magic the Gathering they'll, they'll understand that part. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, because there's so many different cards out there. You could really really play around with the, uh, the configuration of your deck. Almost like playing around with the deck of what cards you're going to bring to draft from. And as you play it more and more, you'll probably start seeing combos that you can uh, try to trigger off of. You know, if I get this um, creature out and maybe this other creature has this ability, I could start doing some interesting um, attacks with them or, you know, um, uh, or damage or whatever. And in this game, uh, the big thing is you are attacking the other person's area, but you're also attacking the other person. So you really want to try to get dice out for defense um, because if you don't, you're going to start losing your life and as soon as you lose your 20 life or 15 life or whatever it is for the version you're playing, you're out. And being only a two-player game, then that's it. Um, so the games can go quite quickly. So, yeah, you'll take your dice, you'll roll them. Um, as opposed to couriers where you have to get a, a certain symbol to be able to re-roll, you're allowed to re-roll right away. So you roll your dice, four dice, you can re-roll however many you want, and then once you've done that, you start using your dice. Again, um, your pawns, your NPCs, or pawns, or sidekicks in the Marvel version... You'll um, you'll spend quiddity or not quiddity energy to energy. field them <laughs> with NPCs at zero. But as you get the more powerful creatures, it's going to cost more than that. And then you'll use energy in other ways as well. 
um, on special abilities. Now, quite a few of these cards can sometimes have abilities where you can spend energy to, to activate them, uh, but there's also global abilities, which anybody can use, whether they're in front of you or not, um, which was interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was... That was an interesting twist to it. Um, I at least once got to use a global power that was on one of your cards. Yeah, definitely, and I yeah. think vice versa. And then the, uh, the the general cards in the middle can have global powers as well, that uh, global abilities that everybody can use too. So you got all these different abilities you have to try to keep track of to remember, okay, I can do this if I use that ability. Because it's not always easy to remember what your opponent has out there and what you can do with it. So you're going to be spending um, uh, the energy, and then one way of one interesting thing is I talked about the different symbols for energy: the fist, the mask, the shield, and the lightning. And those are used um, for certain cards that require a certain type of energy to to bring out. So a lot of the creatures will typically have a symbol in their area, in their uh, top um, left area where you have the cost of that card. And that symbol means you have to have at least one energy of that type to recruit that dice. The generic stuff like spells typically won't have a, a symbol so you can use any kind of energy for those. And also the question mark acts as a generic uh, universal symbol so you can use it for any of the uh, symbols. Now some of the, the generic action cards in the middle will typically be spells and um, the way those dice work Again, they'll have three faces that are typically energy faces, and they'll all be, yeah, from what we saw, there are always twos. So they'll give you two generic yes. energy, um, and then they'll give you uh, three symbols, usually for the spell. Um, and those symbols might have, will usually have burst. Um, now, the, right, and <laughs> it's something I forgot about. <laughs> Again, when you set up those four cards in the center, um, you have to grab backers for each one, uh, four colored backers. Um, because those generic uh, basic actions don't have unique dice associated with each card. So you're, you, you're provided with the base sets with generic action dice, which will be used with those. And there's like four different colors, and you get four cards um, that match those colors that you'll put behind each basic action card. Um, so when you, uh, go to, when you grab one of those color of dice out of your bag, you know which one it goes with. So those are always basically the same. You get, depending on, regardless of the color, you'll get three faces that have the two and three faces that have um, an exclamation point, sort of a bang symbol. And that's just to show that you can use the ability from that card, from that appropriate colored card. Uh, the creatures are very close, a little bit more, uh, a little closer to quarriers in that they will have um, typically three symbols that'll be uh, um, quite often, it's usually energy, I believe. Um, I think it's always energy, and then mm -hmm. three symbols, which are the creature's special symbol, to to denote that creature, and then three different levels of power. Yeah. So it's like a level one creature, level two creature, and a level three creature. Yeah. And with that, yeah, you'll see different different attack strengths and defense strengths. Right. So typically, as as it goes up a level, it's it's got more attack, more defense. Right. It get, and uh, quite often, it'll also have uh, burst symbols too, because mm -hmm. though quite a few of those creatures will have uh, burst abilities. Um, but there's also multiple versions of each creature. So as you're building, uh, as you're choosing which cards you're bringing out, if I say I want to bring a gelatinous cube with out, um, I might have three different versions of the gelatinous cube, It'd be like a basic version, an, an expert version, and an advanced version. Um, they have different terminology for each one, but that's what usually t typically we'll start with. The base set itself 
comes with a number of creatures and it'll usually have about three versions of each creature. But then um, a big portion of this game is the collectible side of it. And there's these little packs similar to um, booster packs you would get mm -hmm. in Magic, which have a couple cards and a couple dice in them. And then you'll start getting new versions of existing creatures, but also all whole new creatures. And just like any collectible game, there's rarities. Yeah, I think I think there's I think there's only four levels of rarity per card. There's uh, common, uncommon, rare, and I don't know what the term is like super rare or very rare. Yeah, it's like a exact. I think it's something. It might be super rare, but it's it's something like that. Yeah. I don't have it in front of me at the moment, but it's the hardest ones to find. Yeah. I think out of all the boosters I've bought so far, and I haven't purchased a whole lot for um, the D&D one, I might have one super rare uh, and maybe a couple rares, but the majority of what I have are commons and uncommons, Yeah, which is you know difficult. And that's also how you get more dice for the game. So the game, um, in the base game, it starts with every card that you get will have um, two of, the, of its color of dice, of the dice for that particular card. Um, not including all the generic dice that come with it that you require just to play the basic game. You get two of each color of dice for that card for everything that came in the starter set and you'll get more dice as you buy the boosters. So if you have like a, a goblin and um, you want to have uh, more than two um, dice available to you for drafting you have to go out and buy boosters and hope you find some goblins. Mm -hmm. That's the only way you're going to get them. Um, I imagine it's been out long enough now. You can go online and, and get whatever you need as well, you know, through the uh, the aftermarket. But um, yeah, you're going to be spending quite a, a quite a bit on boosters. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, it's it's a relatively it's a cheap game. Yeah, well, I, I guess cheap in the way that a booster is a dollar. Well, in Canadian, anyways, dollar twenty five. Yeah, dollar twenty five. That sort of thing. Yeah, so you get a couple cards and a couple dice. And and the reality is you. I mean, I mean, arguably, if you're if you're into competition, you're probably going to go out and spend spend some money on getting these boosters and trying to find those rare cards. But you know, you you could absolutely buy just the starter pack if your you know your buddy yeah. buys just the starter pack, and you can easily start this game without any boosters whatsoever. Oh, absolutely! And, and get in quite a lot of you know. There's there's enough variety in just the basic pack to to get some decent games in. Yeah, because I think you know I, I wouldn't say that I I purchased much. I I have the I just bought the 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 starter pack and you know maybe twenty or thirty boosters. That's all I really have. But it it, it and you can sort of feel it a bit though too, especially when you get to the higher levels of gameplay. So um, how it works, depending on what level you're playing. I mentioned before you have to um, you'll have six to eight cards on your side so what you do is you go through all your cards that you have you'll choose six uniques and then you'll find all the dice that go with those cards now each card will have a maximum number of dice they can have on it it'll, and it'll, it's typically four I think there might be a few special occasions like there was a promo Minsk um, who came with uh, the D&D &D, uh, Battle of Farron I, I believe his max is one because you know he's a unique card and only has that one die but typically, it's you can have up to four dice on a card, on your side, and so, and um, I think it was the six card game, which is fifteen life. It's like the sort of the, the step up from the intro level. You can have six cards and up to fifteen dice. Now, with what I had, you know, we both were using my one set. We both, you know, had no problem getting six cards. Mm -hmm. We had a bit of a problem trying to get up to fifteen dice, though, with those six cards. Um, I believe you had... Uh, I think I ended up with 12. You had 12 dice and I had 11 dice. Yeah. 
so not too far off but you know when you're trying to um, especially if you want to get into the tournament thing I guess you'll definitely want to be buying a bunch of these boosters to try to get the right dice you need so you can fill up your card so you can have a card that has four dice on it that can be recruited yep so um, that, that could be one of the limiting things of this game is just trying to fill up the number of dice but after saying that I had six cards with 11 dice I didn't use up all I didn't buy all my 11 dice so not yeah, like I, it was that harmful to me I had no problem with, with playing with 12 yeah I, I didn't get I didn't get them all out so no. the only complaint I guess I had is I guess it depends on what dice you get because I had the I had a beholder that I um, I never even got around to recruiting a beholder but he was one of my higher level characters I had on my side uh-huh. he had I had no problem I had four dice on him but my zombie which is like a two cost or three cost creature to get out I had one die on him uh-huh. so it's like oh, I really need more zombies it'd be nice to be able to field more than one zombie and being a low cost character would be a lot easier to get out Yeah. so that was a little bit of annoying same with I had a, I had a dark elf on my side again or drow I had one dice on him and he was like a three cost character so yeah it, yeah I think you're right if, if you're if you're into tournament play you're, you're probably going to want to get out and, and you know get a few of those boosters um, so you can you know really maximize your uh, your impact when you're playing um, it, it would certainly give you a lot more flexibility with the deck and uh, the dice that you put together for a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> the more you spend, the more more options you have. Uh, that's yeah, that's how these games work. Yeah, it's not like an enclosed game where you get everything in it, like uh, like Warriors or like Roll for the Galaxy. You know, it's a game where you're going to be shelling out some money. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like any collectible game. I try to limit the number of collectible games I'm into because. It, it just never ends. Yeah, it can become uh, a money pit. It totally is. Yeah, and uh, this is one of the few. I don't buy a lot into it yet, but now, now that we've played it, I'm probably gonna be buying some more into it because I actually enjoyed it. it That's was, how I, they I had get a fun you time with it. It does get you. Yeah, they make a good game, and you have to go and buy it. That's yeah. right. Those bastards. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then the other collectible game I'm into is Imperial Assault, which we'll be talking about later, and that one's oh. even more of a money sink. So. Yeah. Go. Sell your kidneys. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, but the gameplay, it obviously, is quite a bit different. So you're, you're recruiting your creatures. Um, you're spending energy to get the creatures into your active area, like your ready area, I should say. Um, and then once they're in the ready area, you have the choice. You can attack with them. You don't have to. Because the thing is, if you attack with them, you're going to lose them. Because um, as you attack, you're doing damage to your opponent or his creatures. And then depending on what happens that if you're unblocked like if you if your opponent doesn't block your creature then your creature goes off into the um used used area yeah. to be eventually put back into your bag if it does get blocked and he gets knocked out then there's he goes into the knocked out area um which is almost in some ways a little bit better because it gives you extra dice in the future for the next time as your turn comes around to roll yeah during during the the cleanup and uh, draw phase, they they end up back in your reserve pool, which can you know essentially they're just re-rolled on, on your very next turn. Yeah, uh, so, so they don't have to wait to go back into your bag to be drawn again. Exactly. So you'll be drawing four from your bag, and if you have any in that um, reserve area that come back from battle from before, they'll get added to your hand. You'll roll them, and you have a few more options the next turn, um, which is you know kind of nice. But uh, you, it's really a, a choice. Like, do I send those creatures off to try and hopefully score points, like to uh-huh. to do damage to my opponent, or do I hold them off, 
knowing that my opponent's most likely going to be bringing something out on his turn, so I have some defense. Uh, because typically, unless um, I think a, a special keyword is out there, uh, damage doesn't transfer through. So as opposed to couriers where you had to add up all your attack and then your opponent would defend one by one, on this one, you send out your, your attackers, you'll have a row of attackers, and then your um, opponent can decide who and what he's defending against. And when you defend against a die, you're, you're pretty much just taking that die out of the combat because, you know, whether your die survives or not, it's sort of blocking all the damage from that die. Yeah. There is like a, a keyword that's sort of like trample in Magic the Gathering where if you do damage over the, uh, the defense, then it'll um, uh, transfer through to the player and it's called Overcrush. But otherwise, the, the typical creature doesn't transfer damage, so it just it stops it all. Yeah, you can have a... You know, one of your NPCs going up against your your biggest dragon. Yeah. And essentially, he's he's going to stop him. Yeah, he'll stop him. Yeah. Which is a little bit humorous, <laughs> but yeah, maybe he's distracting him. Who knows? But yeah, so th those are the kind of choices you have to make in this game. And um, but there's also times where you'll be able to use those global abilities. Um, there's two times: one when you're um, before you're um, fielding your your characters or monsters, and then during the attack phase, there's also a time when you. Um, when you can also play play off of gold, um, global abilities, and some of those could do damage to your opponents. Some of them, I'm not sure, not really leveling up, but boosting of your um, your creatures. There are quite a few abilities that can give attack and defense bonuses. Yeah, I think in in the D and D variant, it's it's called uh, experience. Experience, yeah. So your characters um, can get experience, and um, and there are also um, cards out there which I think are typically on the good side because there is alignment in this um, you don't strictly have to stick to the alignment so when you're building your side you can have good and evil creatures on your side that's not a problem it doesn't doesn't matter but um, I think typically on the on the good side you will run into more um, characters that are called adventurers and sometimes on their cards they'll have uh, special things about when they damage or when they kill uh, an opposing creature they will getting gain experience, which will make them tougher. Yeah, and, and it, uh, interestingly, it was it, it seems to be a permanent effect. So yeah, you know, a, as the game goes on, um, you know, even if you roll the the lowest sort of version of that of that die, uh, you know, level one, um, you know, it, it retains these bonuses throughout the game. So yeah. I mean, depending on how long the game goes, they can add up. I they, can that one one can become a very powerful yeah, you know, very powerful four um, four formidable creature yeah, yeah. and um, also I think there might be ways of getting rid of experience I think there are uh, definitely going to be spells in that that can mm -hmm. take away as well so it's a sort of back and forth and there's also ways to um, spin the dice and so if you start with a level one there's um, there are ways like I think there are actions that you can take that'll let you spin it up to the level two so yeah I think one of the better. one of the creatures I had the 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 effect was um, spin one one die down in order to spin another one up. Uh, I think that's like the shapeshifter, or or it might have been a spell or something. But I remember that one. Yes. Yeah. So there are ways that you can alter your dice that are on the field, which is um, which is interesting. It's a neat mechanic. But as you you can see, like even us trying to describe the gameplay, there's a lot more to this game um, than there was to Quarries. Quarries is a very yep. basic linear kind of game, whereas this one, there's a lot more to think about. Um, you know, your your creatures can either go off the field and go into the use power, or they can go off the field if they get KO'd, and then maybe eventually come back. Mm -hmm. So, 
um, that's always that's uh, that's kind of a nice little thing too so you can get some more dice to roll as opposed to just always having just your four dice or in Quarriors well in Quarriors you had your six dice but again they had its own ways of getting more dice so yeah to each you know each game has its own little way of doing it yeah yeah I wouldn't say like, uh, yeah. Dice Masters is, is overly complex but um, if, if you look at the complexity ratings of both games on uh, Board Game Geek you, you will notice that um, Dice Masters is is probably about twice as um, complex, but it's still not it's not something that you'd um, you know this this game will not burn your brain out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Quarriers. If you look at um, the board game geek um, ratings for complexity, Quarriers is like a one point nine six, and uh, the just going by the Dungeons and Dragons one, it's a two point one two. Yeah. So maybe not twice as much, but it is higher. Yeah, a little bit it's higher. a little bit higher, but yeah. they but do share a lot. Um, but and I think uh, it's sort of a little bit mitigated that it's only a two-player game as opposed to if they had gone the Quarriers route, letting you play up to four players. I don't know if there's any variants that in, that add more players to it. I, I didn't notice any. I have never seen it. Yeah, and I'm, there might be some um, community ones. I'm sure if I looked, yeah. I'd probably find a community variant for that kind of thing. Yeah, you you might get a. I know that what I'd be thinking about if if you were, you know, if you're playing Dungeons and Dragons Dice Masters or any of the other Dice Masters variant, probably if if there's a if there's a, a variant that has more players, it's going to be like a two on two, you right? Know, you know, maybe you're doing a team, yeah, a team thing, yeah. Um, whereas in Couriers, you're all in you're it for all for yourselves. <laughs> That's right. So. It's like whoever wins first is the winner, yeah. oh, obviously. But um, and then in those kind, of, even in those kind of situations, three player. Well, Quarriers, it doesn't really matter because you're always attacking in a circle. Yeah. But in this, if it, it wouldn't work very well three-player because you know, it's either two against one or if you're trying to do one against all, it's, someone's always going to sort of be low-end on, on the stick there. So I don't, I don't think you mentioned um, how, how you actually score and, and win in, in Dice Master. Um, no, I may have briefly, but um, basically it's just as, you, as you're as you getting rid of your opponent's creatures, um, any damage that doesn't get blocked goes right through to the player, and um, it just comes right off of your life. So you'll start with 15 to 20 life, and as soon as you lose it all, you're out. And that's the end of the game. And that's essentially the game. Yeah. And there are some, uh, I, I think one of, the, one of the spells at least, uh, was it the magic missile that allowed allowed two points directly to the to the other player? If you got the double burst, yeah. I believe it was. Yeah, if you ha- if you own the magic missile die in your bag and you rolled the double burst symbol on it, then yeah, you could do d- two damage directly to a player, which could be huge. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure we didn't go through all the cards, so I know there's other other ones like Finger of Death, and there's probably Fireball and, and those types of ones as well um, that might have more powerful versions of that. One thing to also note of the when you're bringing out your cards, the six to eight cards, there's gonna be a lot of creatures, but there's also other things you can get. Um, I didn't mention that there's spells like um, that you can get specifically for yourself, which be more powerful versions of like the basic ones potentially, and some additional ones. And there's also equipment, and we didn't run into the, any of the equipment, so I don't. Um, yeah, I saw them in the in the the pile of cards, but yeah, uh, yeah I don't like, think we brought anything out. You can get a helmet, I believe, is one thing I remember seeing, yeah. and I believe it can be used to help protect one of your creatures um, as it uh, as it comes out. You're gonna, you're gonna see those in the other um, the other IPs as well. I, I think in in the uh, Marvel dice sets, um, one of the pieces of equipment that comes up is uh, Captain America's shield. So yeah, there's there's gonna be a 
spell. Well, I don't know the, what they call them in uh, in the DC dice master or DC or Marvel dice masters. You know, things that are the equivalent of spells. Yeah, yeah, good question. Some sort of well, some sort of power. Probably, like there might be some generic powers out there that are available. You, I know you own the Marvel Dice Masters, but you may not remember half of them. Well, like I said, I I, I distinctly remember seeing Captain America's shield, but right. I, I don't remember <laughs> if you saw any powers. special abilities. Yeah, yeah. hmm. I'm just I'm, I'm sure there are. Yeah, there, there absolutely have to be. That'd be interesting. I, we'll have to definitely take a look at that. But it sort of doesn't really matter here. I was just looking for my helmet, but I can't seem to find it. it wasn't where I thought it would be. But under H. Yeah, it would be. But it uh, it might be under <laughs> actually it might be a basic card because if it's not in H here. It might be in the other set of cards, so I won't really worry about it at this yeah. point. But yeah, so anyways, uh, that's essentially it. That's uh, that's Dice Masters, specifically the Battle of Farron. Fer I'll get that wrong no matter what. It does have a, not an umlaut, but it has like a little accent on it or something, so it might be Farron. And, and the other Dice Masters will be essentially the same game, because you yeah. can mix and match. You can take your D&D versus Marvel and vice versa, and, and Yu-Gi-Oh is out there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I, I think there's a, a little bit of difference in the terminology: character versus hero, and and a sidekick uh, versus NPC. Yeah, um, yeah. But you know, a, a quick stop on Google, and I'm sure you'll be able to find the you know the equivalency text. Yeah, exactly. But, and they they do sort of talk about that. If you go to the um, the forums for uh, WizKids, they they have like a whole area sort of pinned up there for that um they have you know an ongoing area for questions that come up and then i, I imagine eventually they do have a, like an faq that's available and i imagine as um things progress in this game because they're continuing to release uh, sets all the time mm-hmm. um as of this uh recording uh battle of Faroon is the main set that first came out now they're for the D one and now they're they have one called um was it Faroon under siege it was the second set and then there's going to be a third one coming out right away, which I believe might just be called Strahd. Uh, I'm not sure if it's um, a like a, a Ravenloft um, themed one or, or not, because Strahd is, is big in Ravenloft. So that's going to be another one that's going to be out here soon. Maybe the expansions might tell me here if it mentions anything about Strahd. Because uh, I believe that is the next one to come out. Maybe I just type it in. Yeah, they, they seem to be, you know, they're, they're bringing out additional sets within the IP but they're also expanding the number of IPs that they have yeah because they also have um, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one seems um, to be kind of self-contained so far they only released the main one for that yeah. so far yeah they've, they've had at least two for for Marvel well actually three um, DC Comics is now in there with Justice League and um yeah, they had um, a, yeah. World's Finest. They had Justice League, the World's Finest. And then, yeah, War of Light. War of Light. And mm. now there's also, um, which I think is fairly new, um, Flash and yeah, Green, Green Arrow. Yeah, Green Arrow and Flash. Which I looked and I didn't see a starter set for, so that might just be boosters. Uh, yeah, could be right. Yeah, because um, when I was looking online, trying to see, because I saw that there were some rainbow drafts coming out um, for the Green Arrow and Flash. I, I could not see a starter for it, so yeah. I guess you, as long as you have one of the starters, and typically these starters will be you know very similar anyways. You're going to get oh, yeah. your basic dice, and you're going to get your basic action cards. So yeah, there's there's no shortage of IPs though. Uh, yeah, depending on your preference. Right. Exactly. 
Yeah, I don't see the Strahd one, so I do know there's something coming out for Dice Masters, D&D uh, &D Dice Masters, but uh, I just don't see it. Well, at least not listed in the um, on Board Game Geek yet. Yeah, it so might be too early. It might be a little early for it, but it, I believe it is something coming out. It might be a third set. Or it could be similar to um, uh, Green Arrow and Flash. It might not have a, a starter set. It might just be boosters. Could be. It could be a Ravenloft-themed one with just boosters. I'm really curious to find out, so I'll, I'll, be, I'll be keeping an eye on it. Oh, yeah, they'll get your money. <sighs> yeah, they will. They always <laughs> do. <laughs> um, but, okay, there we go. That's um, Quarriers versus Dice Masters. So now it's time to come up with uh, some kind of verdict. What do you think? Do you have any preference? Yeah, this one this one is tough. I, I I think if your if your preference is you know the the major brand IPs, if you're if you're really into Marvel or DC, you know the Yu-Gi-Oh, those sorts of things, um, you're just not gonna you're not gonna see that in the Couriers world. It's um, Couriers is you know sort of a, a self-contained IP. You know it's generally it's it's um, Dungeons and Dragons ish. You know, it deals very, you know, almost strictly with spells and, you know, creatures, that, that sort yeah. of thing. And at the same time, the Dice Masters seems to be very targeted at head-to-head at, uh, -head play. Yeah. And uh, it lends itself to that, like I said, that um, Magic the Gathering head-to-head -head tournament kind of, um, kind of thing. Whereas, um, you know, the Couriers, is, you know, it seems to be a, a little bit sort of I, I guess for lack of better it's sillier and mm -hmm. you know with all the cue puns um you know maybe a little bit more targeted towards the the younger audience or or family play um you know allowing for the the four-player game that sort of thing right but do you have a preference yeah my preference my preference goes towards dice masters based i i think you know not just the ip because i love comic books mm -hmm. but um you know that there is that that additional complexity in it there's a there's a lot more customization um you know my setting my cards versus you know your cards and um you know as, as opposed to couriers you know using communal cards I, I like the flexibility that i get in you know my, my choices of whether whether or not i even attack mm -hmm. you know i can i yeah. can not attack this round i can um you know sometimes you can hold back energy so that you can um, you know, use a global during your opponent's attack. True. Um, yeah. You know, there's that. You know, the the uh, being able to attack your opponent directly with certain things versus attacking his creatures. So there just seems to be a lot more going on with dice masters. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very very similar components as far as the game goes. Some of the gameplay is very similar, but. There just seems to be a lot more happening with Dice Masters. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I have to agree. Uh, I do prefer the Dice Masters myself. Um, I did enjoy Couriers. Um, it's been a while since I played it, so it was nice to play it again yep. and just uh, you know just to get it out there. Um, it is a, but it is a lot more basic um, playstyle. You know, you're a lot more set in what you have to do. Like you get your creature out, you have to attack. That's yep. the game. You attack and you go on. You move on. Um, you know, I just remembered we forgot to mention something about spells and, and couriers. Um, they're just effects that you can roll and and you can sort of move them to your active area. And um, as you're playing, you can use a spell during your turn or going use, right. uh, during an opponent's turn sometimes, depending on the spell. We didn't talk about that. Um, it doesn't affect anything, but no. just wanted to make sure I mentioned it out there in case you know you're wondering what what do spells do? 
So again, it depends on the spell. You'll read the card and, and, yeah. and read do what the it card, says. people. Read the card. It's all about reading. It's not a game for people who can't read. So it's a good reason to learn to read if you don't. Have to. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, but yes, no. My preference again would be for the Dice Masters. Now I yeah I grew up with comic books as well. I haven't um, gone into any of the um, the comic versions yet. Um, Marvel came out, and you know growing up as a kid. I was I was equally a Marvel and a DC kid. I, mm -hmm. I liked both. I, I collected both comics. Um, for some reason, I think I, I had a bit more affinity with the DC comics. I don't know. Yeah, I, I picked up... Um, I, I've got some of the Uncanny X-Men, some of the X-Men versus Avengers, and yeah. I did pick up some of the first DC set. Yeah. I yeah. can't remember what that was now, but... Yeah. So if I break into the... the Superhero Dice Masters is most likely going to be some of the DC ones. But I, you know, when they came out with the D&D &D one, that was like my very first game I ever played that wasn't your standard, yeah. you know, um, mass market uh, roll and move kind of game was Dungeons and Dragons. You know, junior high, uh, a kid introduced me to the red box, you know, and <laughs> it took off from there. So yeah. when they came out with this Dungeons and Dragons Dice Masters, I, I knew I had to pick it up and, and check it out. And I'm glad I did. And it took me a while, but I, I finally got a chance to play it, and I'm, well, now I have to buy more. Yes, you do. <laughs> yeah, so that that's it. There you go. Now that you're an addict. Yes. The winner <laughs> of uh, our episode two is Dice Masters. Okay, so now coming up, we're going to do a little bit of Imperial Assault talk. Now, unfortunately, Jeff isn't here this week. Uh, he... Uh, He's got some things going on that make it hard for him to uh, make it out, but he'll be back. Yeah, having a life. He's having a life, you know, doing that thing that people do. I don't know what it is myself. Just kidding. But uh, <laughs> <Did> you, <laughs> you had to qualify that. I have to qualify. I'm that. just, I'm just kidding. kidding, people. But um, yeah, so uh, but for as far as Imperial Assault news goes, there hasn't been a lot since um, yeah. Jeff and I last had our discussion. But there has been a couple things that have come out. So it. Uh, yeah, the, some things worth mentioning and, and, and maybe talking about. Uh, first off, Zach, I'm assuming it's just pronounced Bun, but it has two ends, so it could be Boon. I, I don't know if there's a special um, pronunciation on that. But he had, he wrote an article for Fantasy Flight about, he's doing a series of articles actually, about the different factions. And, um, you know, just, he's going over, you know, um, some of the common lists that people play, the most common things you'll see out there. But he's also. Doing a doing some good stuff about you know maybe often looked uh, mislooked or, or looked over uh, cards and um, techniques, which was interesting. Yeah, this was this was a really interesting article. I mean, it it starts off with a you know with what I thought at the at the time was a, a fairly bold claim until until I read the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. and I think he does make a, a very good case for um, you know for his claim in this. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Because, um, and the, you know, I, when I first started with Imperial Assault, I started playing the Imperials. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's probably not an uncommon. Everyone wants to be Vader. Everyone wants to be Vader, yeah. Um, but I never really played any of the big um, tournament lists. You know, I was always just playing around with my own little builds or whatever. And so I did, myself, I find I was uh, overlooking quite a few cards that um, were, you know, quite important. Like this uh, Zelo technique. Um, I had never uh, really looked at it before. Yeah, I hadn't either. I, I think that's that's sort of the uh, the nature of this game is is especially when you get these big box sets. You know, there's there's so many cards that are included, and it 
it's not immediately apparent how um, you know how to take advantage of a specific ability, right? Um, and and uh, you know that's you know I'll apologize you know on your behalf to your to your listening audience. <laughs> Jeff is one of those people that you know I, I don't know whether he spends all his time looking at at the cards and looking for those advantages that he can he can grab onto. Um, it takes me a lot longer to see them. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot it more time. second nature to him. Yeah, just, he's so good at it. Yeah, he'll see a card and automatically he'll know, yeah. oh, I know what I can do with this card. Yeah. Whereas I'll look over a card and go, oh, that's neat, and then go on to the next card and totally forget about the previous card I just read. Yeah, <laughs> if, if I if I find one of those combinations, I've usually stumbled upon it. Yeah, exactly. But, um, but uh, that Zillow technique is uh, really, it's a good card, um, and he, he really brings it out you know, front and center in his article saying that it's uh it's probably one of the most important cards that you can get for the Imperials because um, reducing Pierce um, can be really uh, really big especially against the Rebels because they have a lot of Pierce yeah yeah and yeah so, and, and um, I, I hadn't I hadn't really thought about it but he, he um, one thing he talks about in the article is um, and I don't know whether you know where he's derived the statistics from I don't doubt him at all is um that essentially units really only get, you know, in a in a in a skirmish, mm-hmm. you know, two to three attacks. Right. You know, that's really all they're going to get. And by negating this kind of damage, you know, that that can be just the edge that you need to, you know, have have some of your units survive. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a, a round. Yeah. And uh, and the secondary yeah. ability is also quite nice, where you can discard a card to give yourself a boost to a to a defense to your defense for uh, an attack yeah you limit once per attack yeah now discarding a card can be you know it's always like okay do i, I really like this card i really want to use this card in the future but that one extra defense could keep me around that one extra turn yeah know? and and uh, you know again getting back to you know how many rounds you're really going to get through um depending on how many command cards you have yeah, it might be nice to get that one out, but at the end of the day, you're you're probably only going to see half of your have half of your command deck. So, you know, mm-hmm. if if you've got any command cards in your hand that you know you don't see an immediate use for, you know, I think that's a great option. Yeah, exactly. I just recently um, used this a couple times, and I made a just a, a for fun deck. I was thinking, okay, well, we got this out there now. We got um, some great characters out there, so I'm just going to make a deck for fun so i made a deck that was um an atst general vice mm-hmm. and general soren and that's a lot of points but there you go yep. that's like three guys and that's it that's all i had for the imperials and i had zelo technique out there and uh, that that card really saved weiss a few times like he took a ton of damage using that card with the reducing of the pierce and the little bit extra defense on an attack just kept him around a couple extra turns enough that i could use him to just blast away at my opponent and 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 take him out yeah so yeah it really adds some some robustness to your yeah to to your units yeah Um, absolutely you know especially you know you you really i think have to make a decision about the about the pierce yeah um you're exhausting the card for for that i don't believe you're you exhaust in order to um you know boost your your defense no and that's just a discard so that's like a the exhaust is like a one time yeah you can exhaust to get this but then you have this other one up your sleeve where you can yeah so you can yeah you can sacrifice those command cards to to really yeah you know absolutely boost the defense of of your units that one's 
that's really tenacious yeah so I'm, I'm really glad he, he wrote this article I'm looking forward to his next one whatever yeah. it's I, I think I'm not sure if you mentioned at the bottom if it was going to be mercenaries I wouldn't be surprised if he did mercenaries next uh, I don't think he, I don't think he mentioned he just mentions that he's going to do the next two factions rebels and the mercenaries so yeah yeah I'd, I'd be very interested to see that I'll be honest this is the kind of article that those of us who are slower to see these combinations need exactly yeah um, and I know there are more out there like if you really go searching like on on um uh even a board game geek or even on the uh the fantasy flight forums there's a lot of people who yeah. do similar things they'll tell you about different combinations which is nice but having it in this little um nice you know the nice format you know really done really presented well with the pictures of the various cards and and links to everything really you know gives it a bit more oomph yeah you know so it, it really hits well yeah and he talks about some of the more most common cards that you'll want to be including in your decks, which you know, even you know myself, who's not a, a hardcore player, I recognize. You know, I, I I use a lot of these cards myself, so it's, it's not not a huge um, surprise. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, Zach Brun. Um, well, what did what did you think about the the second half of the article? Which part was that? Was that the card or the trooper squads? Yeah, the the cross training. The cross training. That one was interesting. Um, I have seen this quite a bit, actually. Um, I, I know a few people who play a lot of Imperials, and I've seen this cross training come out quite a bit. And it's uh, it's inter- it really it's really interesting because you know then you get a lot more spies on the Imperial side, where you can start, especially with Agent uh, Blaze, um, where you can start um, messing with people's uh, command cards. Yeah, yeah. I um I, I did a similar kind of spy deck with the Rebels. So, and, I, and I can see it on how it works on that side as well. So those those spy spy car, um, spy builds that can mess around with with how people use their cards can be uh, really uh, fun to play. Yeah, yeah one thing I, I I noticed that was uh, was quite interesting, and and you know he's um it it's uh, the cross training is a, is a trooper only attachment. Yeah. Um. So you know, and and of course you know when he's looking at the at the template for your um. You know, you're starting troops. You know, he throws in here, so you, you've got an elite elite snow troopers with the cross training thrown mm-hmm. on there, and uh, just just to see, you know, went to IA armies and took a look at you know what what uh, command cards show up for spies, and uh, you know this this kind of fits in with the first part of the article. You know, when he's talking about having your having your unit survive, you know, just one more round, right? And uh, the hide in plain sight command card kind of jumped out at me. Yeah, that's actually a really good card. And um, and I thought if you had that on, you know, use that with your your snow troopers. Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> to get those snow troopers so that you, know, you cannot be targeted for an entire round. Yeah. They will not take damage for an entire round. Um yeah, that's still cuz that would be well one of your troopers cuz he wouldn't be on your full card it would just be on the the act the, the figure that activates it. But still, you yeah. have a snowtrooper out in the middle somewhere who can't be targeted. Yeah, that, you know, someone's trying to wipe out your squad, and you're saving one trooper, and then hopefully you're getting that reinforcements out. Though maybe on a snowtrooper, I'm not sure if you can reinforce a snowtrooper. Are they too? Uh, uh, I th- I'll be honest. Well, especially for elite, their their cost is too high. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but still, you know, um, denying your uh, your opponent the ability to uh, attack one of your troopers is big. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, those snowtroopers are tough too. So yeah, exactly keeping so, them around. Yeah, every little thing. Yeah, just just helps. So it's it's kind of cool. And then 
Yeah, he goes on to yeah he pretty pretty much goes on to tell you about building a uh, an imperial spy deck. Yeah. So what you, you know what cards you should be looking at. Yeah, and again you know a adding that white that white defense die. Yeah, that could be really big too because especially yeah. if your opponent. I mean, it's being mindful and, and forgetting that. Okay, well, you, yeah. you got the snowtrooper, and yeah, he might have cross training, but not remembering that cross training gives you that white die, because he might be thinking, "Oh, you're not going to be able to get out of this. I'm going to do enough damage to you to just wipe you out." But then yeah. you have that chance to dodge. Yeah, I don't know about uh, you know. I'm 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 always of two minds with that white die. You, you know, it does have that blank face. Yep. And invariably, I roll that. <laughs> yeah, I know it. it but I think uh, you know almost you know potentially more important is is uh, is blocking surge. Yeah. You know if you can take take away some of that um, you know that additional damage that people are going to do through surges. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it's a, it makes a big difference. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. So um, no, it was a really well done article. So I'm looking forward to his his next work. Yeah. And then the other new. Um, thing that came out uh, just recently after that is a bit more of the preview for um, Jabba's uh, Realm. Uh, Jeff and I had talked about this quite a bit in our last episode, but since then they've um, actually released uh, full cards for all of the characters. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this one. I am. Yeah, they, um, they've really made them kind of interesting. It's, and you know, what's interesting about all the characters is when you're doing the, uh, the campaign, they're all rebels. But then, as soon as you go to skirmish, they're all uh, yeah, they're mercenaries. Scum. They're all scum, yeah. which is uh, kind of cool. And but they have some really neat abilities, like this uh, uh, Shyla uh, Varid. Um, just looking at her um, her whip, her whip. Yeah, that whip is uh, that is crazy. Yeah, being able to pull somebody to you, yeah, uh, so that you can do a melee attack on them. Um, you know, I could think of some people who, if they had that ability, they'd be uh, almost unstoppable. But yeah. Um, that's pretty cool that she has that. Yeah, it's uh, you know, yeah. I started thinking about how you could use her a little bit, and um, you know, she she has to take you know a single strain to use the whip. If she if she just holds on to essentially one movement and backs up after she's done her attack, um, her respite kicks in. Oh yeah. So she re she yeah. recovers the strain. Right. Yeah. Um, and and she can just keep keep whipping people <laughs> yeah and that's on her um her campaign card yeah so that's um she, she'd be a really interesting character to play so I'm, i've only um we, uh, and i'm not sure maybe it's the same for you we've only really done the hop campaign uh I've, I've done i've done some of the the original campaign actually that's not true i forgot yeah. i did do some of the original as yeah. well yeah so this i'm kind of looking forward to see how it's probably just gonna be a smaller campaign because well no best one was kind of small so this might be medium-sized campaign? I guess I we'll to see. see. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know that they've... I haven't seen that they've released any details about the No, they, they haven't the given campaign. that kind of detail yet, so it'll yeah. be good to see, but I, I'm kind of curious to try it out now, seeing some of these characters. Yeah, I'm not too sold on, on the Onarcoma. Um, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of, of, no uh, of tanks. Of tanks? Well, yeah, he's sort of reminiscent in a way of the Bantha, where yeah, he yeah. has a, a lot of health, but no defense, so it's all going right through. Um, and then, like for his campaign character, he um, you recover additional wounds when you rest, but you can only rest rest once per activation. Yeah. So okay, so you recover with your four endurance, depending on how much strain you have. Um, you know, up to four strain and two wounds maybe, but then that's it. So he's going to be 
an interesting one because he might go down quick. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. That's exactly my take on him. Yeah. Was, Knowing the person who who's running our our current Hoth campaign, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd see Onar going down so fast. Yeah, um, but yeah, when you look at his skills, he looks nice because he has a lot of yellow in his skills, which yep. just makes it so much easier to interact with things. Um, not being able to get harmful conditions is is really nice. Yeah, yeah. So you but, don't worry about him getting stunned or bleeding or anything yeah. like that. So basically, um, he's only going to take wounds from from hits. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I might be wrong about him, and and maybe there's a, I don't know, maybe there's a, an elegance to playing him, but yeah. he's essentially a damage sponge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but then, the yeah, the Vinto Rita. Yeah, he looked interesting. Yeah, he, I don't know that. Um, looking again at his um, <laughs> campaign character, yeah, he has his bolt slinger attack, which is like, it's almost like the thrown lightsaber in a way, like. You're hitting yeah, your one bit. main yep. guy, and then you can sort of hit somebody else who's in range for one damage, like one undefended damage, which is kind of cool. Yeah, his, uh, his thread the needle um, ability too. Yeah. Know, being able to hit without you know worrying about line of sight. Mm-hmm. Which um, which is all you know as we as you see it with um, a lot of those characters in uh, in in skirmish, yeah. like the um, the Sabbath. Tours, I believe. Oh, elite saboteurs can shoot two um, people. I, I think we're thinking of HKs. Well, I know the elite HKs can. Yeah. But on the rebel side, there was somebody who was like well? that too. I'm not sure if it's a saboteurs now or if it's uh, if it's the. Um, no, it's not not echo base. So it's either saboteurs or I think it might be the elite saboteurs. But I could be totally wrong, and I'm sure people will let me know. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it, he um, he looks like an interesting character as well. Yeah, and this is just all their campaign versions. So when you scroll a little bit down and you get into their into their skirmish versions, you see a little bit more of the same. Uh, Shyla again in her skirmish version has her whip, so she can pull somebody closer to her, and then she can perform an attack targeting targeting them. Um, and then she also gains the ability responsive. So at the start of your activation, you may gain one movement point or recover a wound. So that's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, not you know maybe it's not huge like. Leia, where she can, you know, surge to recover two wounds, but an automatic wound recovery is not bad. Bosk, I believe, has something similar to that as well. Yeah, and he is nasty. And he can be nasty, so... Yeah, so for, I mean, well, I'm looking at Vinto, and, and for five points, bringing him out with... He has some he has some really nice surge. Yeah, definitely. And that rapid fire, allowing him to perform two attacks, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, for, fire for, for five points, yeah. yeah, he is... And he gets the bolt slinger attack automatically, yeah. so he always has that out there. That, um, that is a really die. nice card for five points. He's fast, five speed, you know, eight health, not bad. Yeah. It's good for a five cost character. Yeah, really he doesn't figuring... do the most damage, but uh, you know, no. being able to perform two attacks, yeah. you know, I think makes up for that. And, and uh, doing the one, you know, it, unblockable damage, you know, with yeah. his bolt slinger, as long as you have somebody in range for it, is. is is big, you know. Yeah, you won't get as as many surges as you'd like, possibly. True, with a green. You know, he doesn't have a yellow. Yeah, with just a blue green. Yeah, you're going to get yeah. less surges. But when but, he does uh, get surges off, he has some nice ones, and he can hide. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can get him hidden, you know, then you're always starting with a surge. So there's a better chance. So if he's hidden, then the next run time when he comes around, he has that automatic surge. You could keep him hidden, you know, making him harder to hit, and you know, giving him more accuracy. Yeah, and he he will annoy your opponent, you know, mm-hmm. with with the weaken and bleed. Yeah, yeah, and adding a smuggler to the uh, the mercs is always nice. They don't have a lot of smugglers right now. 
No. I think they might have. Do they have one other? I might be wrong. Let's take a look here. Um, Clement cards, smuggler, mercs. Yeah, the hired guns and the Ugnaughts. Okay. Yeah. Oh, and Greedo. Okay, Greedo's also a smuggler. So we have a few smugglers in there, but I wouldn't Not call a them lot. overpowering no. smugglers. So getting a, a better smuggler out there for um, for the uh, the Mercs is going to be nice. And uh, he's a good one at that. Yeah. And then you look at Onar again. Um, again, he's a big tank. It has three attack dice, which is nice, and he's ranged. Not the fastest. Four, you know, four speed, 15 health. Again, that no defense. No defense, like the again, like the Bantha, mm -hmm. but you know, with a he's only cost six though, so yeah, to get fifteen health, fifteen health for six isn't bad. And again, he's immune to harmful conditions. That's huge. You know, we get a lot of these decks that that rely on you know stunning people or or we are bleeding or whatever that you know just taking that away from them for one person can be uh, can be nice. He has you know decent surges, you know, just two, but uh, one of them for a couple extra damage, but then he loses range. And then the other one for one extra damage, and it loses accuracy. So they both lose range on his surges, so he's not the best shot, I guess. Um, but then he also has this ability to rush, which is kind of neat too. Um, which could be, you know, used in good combination. Especially maybe with that Mandalorian whip. You know, you, you rush up to somebody, push them out that closer space to, um, to uh, Shyla, and then get her in range of that whip. Yeah, possibly. Yeah? Yeah. That could be a, a good combo. Um, but then, you know, and then that person will suffer a damage as well. So, you know, again, unblockable damage. Yeah, I, I suspect, you know, may, maybe a, a, a move that would see a little bit more uh, more use is, is actually using him to push push other characters into lines of fire. Yeah, that, well, yeah that's true. That's also yeah. another good way to use him. And um, you know, he almost has like a, like the, almost like a guardian ability in a way where he has that uh, get down ability so if, if somebody yes, within yeah. two spaces is defending they get uh, plus one um, defense or plus one surge block um, which he can do once around which is also kind of nice so he's like an all yeah. around like he's a guardian hunter but he's an all around kind of um, just big tanky protector dude uh, with, with a decent attack so you know blue, red, green may not have the you know, has you can get pretty decent range out of that and really good damage. Again, not doing yeah, a lot of surges. Yeah, that red die will do do some nice damage. Yeah, again, not a lot of surges, but you know he's not going to roll a lot of surges. But if he does, it can affect his his accuracy, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. And then well, lastly, yeah, I just got Yeah, it's 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 kind of it's tough with him because seeing that you you you'd want to overcome those those accuracy penalties by getting in close but you know that if you get in close he's going to start sucking up that damage yeah exactly yeah yeah um well we've seen that with the bantha it can it can work you know people get those banthas out there especially what they have to use stuff like you know creature tamer or whatever um to really get good effect out of them but you know there are some really popular uh, bantha decks out there that um that do quite well uh, I, I know I've had them used against me, so I know what it's like. <laughs> so, yeah, you see that there's no defense, but you know, hopefully his other um, abilities make up for it. And then last um, is Shyla again, looking at her skirmish. You know, eight points, twelve health, uh, four speed. She's a melee, a me or melee with uh, two green and a yellow. So you know, good chance of uh, getting some surges out of that. Um, but then her whip, you know, that's. that's that's really what's kind of nice about her. She's like the first, you know, other than Reach, she's the the first melee who can sort of not have to be right next to somebody yeah. to be able to attack them. She can pull yeah. them into her. And again, she can, at the very beginning, 
Uh, she can gain a movement point of her turn or recover a wound. Um, decent uh, surges again, and she has an automatic surge block, which is nice. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and and uh, starting off with twelve health is quite good for eight points. Yeah, no, they're really they're really like sort of coming into figuring out the costing uh, of, of their characters, and it, it just sort of lends more. I don't even want to call it credence or or more strength to the argument that you know maybe they need to go back and look at some of their old ones and and see if they need to maybe repoint them or yeah new versions of them yeah they they've already done that with a with a couple cards the royal guards yeah um you know and and yeah I I think that's I think that's great getting that that balance back in line you know t- taking some of those those points away yeah absolutely yeah. So yeah, no, um, I'm I'm really looking to this new set, looking forward to this new set, I should say. You know, the characters look interesting. Uh, some of the stuff that Jeff and I had talked about again looks all really interesting. You know, having more map tiles to play around with, new maps are always nice. And, you know, new missions. Um, I didn't look a lot at these, uh, some of these upgrades that are coming out for uh, for characters and stuff. But you know, they seem to when you look at the. Uh, uh, the skirmish card. I think a lot of these upgrades for the campaign are just similar to abilities you see on skirmish. Yeah. And how could you not love getting a rancor fig? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he's going to be uh, interesting. Yeah, I can't wait to see what he's like. Um, there was a we saw a little bit of him in the previous one, but you know, that's just a beautiful looking figure. Like they are doing nice plastics. Like oh they, yeah. They may um, not always hit the ball with the uh, some of the stuff like the, the the lightsabers that are always a little too bendy. Yeah. Or some of that, but other than that, the details, you know, for for a basic plastic figure, the details are nice, and they're and they're always getting better. Like just looking at that rancor. Now that might be a, that may not be the actual miniature. That might be more of a, um, a computer mock-up. But could be. It, if it looks similar to that, I'll be really happy. You know. I, you know, it's always nice to have those big figures on the maps that make them look so imposing. Put that up against your ATST. Yeah, a couple of ATSTs against a ranker. I don't know. Yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to checking him out. Well, they give it, actually maybe the way they've laid it out here almost makes it a bit easier to see. It's a ten point, but you don't really see its health or its attack, so you know it's going to be a. But it has reach with cleave and some extra damage, and has the massive keyword and brutality. So of course yeah. it can do two attacks on different figures. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, w- one thing I, I I like is that they're, you know, they're giving a little bit more um, attention to the to the scum faction. Yeah, uh, no. not, not like that it had been entirely overlooked, but um, you know, like the, the the release of of uh, you know Bosk and and Greedo in in you know separate blister packs, you know, kept kept people interested, but yeah. there just wasn't that kind of focus on them. Um, until now, I think. Yeah, this is basically the expansion for them. Yeah, this is like this is the Mercs expanded expansion. Yeah. You know, you get Java and you get a whole bunch of uh, nice upgrades for the Mercs. So I'm really looking forward to to checking it out and and seeing what we can do with them. You know, there, there's good Merc lists out there, obviously. Oh yes, yes. Um, <laughs> I have run afoul of some of them, especially some of those strain decks. I played against uh, one where I was losing, you know, health and cards left and right the other night. Yeah, and it can be so annoying. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it was actually Jeff that was tearing me apart with with Bosk. Yeah. Um, fortunately for me, I, I ended up winning that. Not, not really out of any skill on my part, but just because he hadn't, 
um, it, it was a, a new a new list that he had put together, right. and he really hadn't had a chance to balance it out. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like he'll put something together, and like I haven't had a chance to flesh it out. He'll still do really good with it. Yeah, um, he may not always win with it, but he'll you know he wouldn't know that you know he hadn't been practicing with the list. You'd think that it's something yeah. he's been working on for a while. But so. yeah, that that strange just ate through my through my cards. Yeah, yeah, and. <laughs> You know, I've gone against Bosk a few times, and it's like one of those things where you sort of, if you're lucky enough, if your opponent's not quite on the ball and they, they leave him out exposed yep. somewhere that you can just sort of rush in and grab him and get him, then, you know... It, yeah, ultimately what I ended up doing was, was um, just isolating him. Yeah. You know, I, I yeah. basically went went through the rest of Jeff's Jeff's figs, and and uh, and then Bosk was all by himself. Mm. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, he, he doesn't have a lot of support. So yeah. like after you know if you can't keep keep him with other figures to help sort of keep the focus off of him exactly yeah, yeah he can go down fairly quickly yeah. he doesn't have a lot of health yeah okay well I think um, that might be a good way to good place to stop um, a little bit shorter episode than last time but you know we don't have a set format yet <laughs> so we're playing this by ear as we go maybe um, in the future we'll start you know coming out with set times and maybe even scripting some of these a bit better so we're not all over the place hopefully but. I think we did pretty good. So um, that'll be our uh, second episode. Um, we're all we're a little bit more uh, out there now. Uh, we're on Facebook. We have a, a Facebook group. I uh, just look for. Uh, I think it's under Board Now Gaming. We have a website at www.boardnowgaming.com. Uh, board spelled B-O-A-R-D. Uh, we're on Twitter. Uh, just look for at Board Now Gaming, and um, you know uh, you can contact us through our website. Um, through Twitter or through Facebook. We're also on um, the Board Game uh, Geek site. We have a guild uh, on there, so you can look for us there. I post links to the uh, the episodes on there and uh, show notes. Um, so, you know, you can reach out to us there as well. Let us know what you think. You know, were we off the mark with uh, our Dice Masters versus Couriers? Did we miss anything huge and you want to let us know? You know, feel free to reach out, and uh, we'll try to get back to you. And um, and maybe even you know, if, if it's anything really egregious, we'll uh, try to mention it on the next episode. You know, we'll we'll try to fix our mistakes. Listen on iTunes. Yeah, we're on iTunes. Uh, we're also on Google Play, so you can find us on there. Um, and you should be able to find us through any of your uh, podcasting uh, feed generators. Um, you're already listening to us. You found us somewhere, so hopefully, uh, you know, let people know where they can find us. But anyways, um, and you'll also hear more from uh, Drew in the future. Along and Jeff will be back as well, so you know, we'll get some good talks going. And um, anyways, my name is Randall. I'm Drew, and thanks for listening. Uh, keep on gaming.
Oh. 